Welcome to the Lifting Lindsay podcast. Today we are going to be talking about combination exercises. These are also referred to as combo exercises, not to be confused with compound exercises. This past week I did an Instagram post on combo exercises and why they are not optimal for hypertrophy or even for body recomp, and I'll explain that in a minute. But it was kind of funny how many people were so confused. They're like, but but compound exercises are great. I'm like, I'm not talking about compound exercises. I'm talking about combo exercises. Combo exercises are when we try to combine two different exercises into one. And it's like a fluid or semi-fluid motion, right? It would be like a squat to a shoulder press or a squat to a bicep curl, or I've seen a squat to a lateral raise, or an RDL to an upper back row, or a bicep curl into a lateral raise, or a bicep curl into a shoulder. Like all of these different variations. Basically, we're taking two different exercises and we're trying to combine them into one. So that's a combo exercise or combo move. And we're going to break that down. We're also going to be breaking down what makes a really quality hypertrophy exercise choice because great programming really does come down to choosing the exercise that's going to lead to the greatest outcome, right? We don't want to waste a ton of time in the gym. Before I get started, though, I do want to make the announcement that This coming Monday, August 15th, I have two new programs up on the app. So if you were to go sign into the app and go to the groups, the fat loss group and the muscle and strength group, I have two new programs going up there. And very quickly, the main difference between these two programs is when you join the fat loss group, the first half of the training day is going to be strength. The second half is going to be some metabolic incomplete rest. So this is great for fat loss. This is great for uh, sarcoplasmic hypertrophy, really, which can work great with body recomp goals. The muscle and strength group is going to be a six-week program, and it is going to be focusing mainly on strength, where we see longer rest periods, straight sets, really focusing on maximizing your ability to build muscle with really quality exercise selection. Okay, so let's now get into the meat of this discussion that I want to have. And we're going to start out by talking about what qualifies something to be a good hypertrophy exercise. Now, keep in mind, these things that I'm going to be talking about also make quality body recomp exercises because remember with body recomp we are trying to lose a little bit of body fat but we're also trying to build muscle we're trying to maximize our ability to build muscle during this time frame so quality exercise selection is very important during this too uh, oftentimes just side note oftentimes people call this body recomp dropping some body fat and increasing muscle. They call that being toned. So if you've ever heard that phrase, I have a lot of people coming to me saying, I really want to look toned. Okay, so you want body recomp. You want to drop body fat a little bit and you want to 
build muscle. That's what being toned is. So if that's your goal, then what I'm talking about today really is going to help you out. So what makes a quality hypertrophy exercise? Qualification number one, we want to work the muscle through its primary function. And this includes lining up the muscle well because line of pull really matters with this. Now, an example of this would be if you want to grow your glute max and you want to choose an exercise that's going to help maximize that. Well, the glute max's primary role is hip extension. So we're looking at squats, leg press, split squats, anything where we can really uh, get that hip flexion, meaning closing the gap between your torso and your quads, that's hip flexion, and then moving through extension, so kicking the leg back. So leg press, walking lunges, step-ups, squats, these are great options for really working the glute max through hip extension. Um, a glute bridge can also be a great option. But this is why when sitting down at, let's say, the abductor machine, you're not really working the glute max. The glutes aren't lined up well to produce a lot of force or contribute a lot to this movement, mainly because the primary function of glute max is actually the hip extension. So you would not use the abductor machine to work, quote unquote, lower glutes. It doesn't. You can get a little bit of the glute medius, but to be honest, I still don't even choose that, the abductor machine for glute medius, because we can line things up a lot better with a glute med kickback. So you can get more bang for your buck doing that. So to be honest, I do not program the abductor machine. N1 Education actually just barely did some great research on abduction in regards to the lower glutes because a lot of people will say, oh, band your knees. It's a great idea during, you know, glute bridge and squats and all these things and, and you can hit everything at once. And so they actually did some really good research on this showing that abduction so that pushing out while trying to do hip extension. So that would be a glute bridge with your legs banded. The output actually was reduced. Interpretation, you can get more out of the exercise by not banding it than you can by banding it. So don't try to be doing two things at once, guys. It's not working for you. It's going to be the same thing with a squat and banding your knees during a squat. There's a lot of sensation going on, but sensation doesn't mean often what we think it means. And the data is coming back saying that sensation doesn't mean more glute max. It's actually reducing the glute max's output. So you know, this is great. This is great news because many of us for many years were banding thinking we were getting more and now we're finding out it's actually, we're getting less. 
A lot of times people are threatened by new information. I don't think we should be threatened by new information. Remember how doctors used to just, oh, somebody has an illness, I'm just going to bleed them out, right? And I'm sure there were a lot of doctors that kicked back a lot when we found out, oh, it's probably not good to just bleed a patient out. Like they need that blood, (laughs) right? So I'm sure there was a lot of kickback then too. There's Whenever there's progress, there's always kickback because people are like, no, 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 but I feel, I feel this, I feel that. It's like, that's, that's interesting, but that's not what the data is actually showing. So real life application is showing that it's not working how we think. And if we want to optimize things, then it's so good to stay up to date with new information. Okay, moving on to the next criteria for a really good hypertrophy exercise. This one is that the setup and execution of the exercise will actually create really good stability so that we can increase the ability for output. Okay, so setup and execution allows for a lot of stability. And that stability will increase our ability to push the muscle that we're trying to even more. So this is why BOSU balls are not a wise option when the goal is hypertrophy. So there is a difference between balance and stability. So a lot of times people will say things like, I'm working my stabilizer muscles by using a BOSU ball. And that's actually not true. If you want to strengthen stabilization muscles, you do it the same way you strengthen any other muscle, which would be working it through its primary function. And that will actually increase its ability to stabilize a joint. So remember, there's a difference between balance versus like stabilizers. So this was an interesting thing when I first started going to biomechanics courses. And I would actually fly out and really learn from some of the most brilliant minds in this industry. But anyways, I remember that one being really driven home that if you have an older individual that comes in, one of the worst things that we can do is create a really, really unstable environment for them. And it's kind of an old school approach that trainers used to take. I'm going to put them on a BOSU ball for everything so that we can train their stabilizers. And that's actually not what we want to do, especially with an older group. We really do want to put them in a very stable environment, help really strengthen their muscles and their bones. This will also translate over to their joints. And so we don't want to put them in a really unstable. We want to put them in a very stable environment so that they can really strengthen all three of those. So research is pretty clear on the BOSU ball when it comes to hypertrophy work. And I thought this, this was a pretty wide range that it could affect the output of the muscle. But they said anywhere from 7 to 70% reduction of output, of force output. So you really, when it comes to body recomp, when it comes to muscle and strength, when it comes to hypertrophy, the BOSU ball really doesn't have 
a place for that unless you want to use it for something like ab work. That's really probably the only time I would ever use that. The third one for what makes up a quality hypertrophy exercise. So this one is the ability to overload the primary target muscle and have it go out before the helpers become excessive limiters to the movement. Okay, so now that we understand what makes a good quality hypertrophy exercise, which would also make a really quality toning or body recomp exercise, because remember, the goal is to maximize our ability to put muscle on while in a calorie deficit. That's usually what people are aiming for with body recomp. We go into a slight calorie deficit or maybe even sit at maintenance. So our exercise selection needs to be even smarter because we really need to maximize the ability to, in a calorie deficit, put on muscle. So now that we know this, let's talk about combo exercises. So like I said before, combo exercises is when we are combining different exercises into and trying to do it at the same time. So let me use some of these examples. Now, there are different types of combo exercises that can be used for different purposes, but let me just kind of walk you through first hypertrophy. Now, if we are doing something like a squat and as we come up, we move into a shoulder press, let's talk about what the weights are. When I do a squat, I squat usually around 180, but I press around 40 pounds. So do you see how there's a mismatch here? If I want to really push the strength of my legs, I need like 180 pounds for a squat. But pushing the strength of my shoulders, I need anywhere between like 30 to 40 pounds. Well, I can't shoulder press 180 pounds. So if I'm trying to do both work, the lower body and the upper body, something's going to have to give because there's a mismatch. Let's look at another pretty common combo move, which is a bicep curl to a shoulder press. We're facing the same problem here because my bicep curls, I'm curling anywhere between 17 to 25 pounds. My shoulder press, I'm pressing 30 to 40. So there's a mismatch in strength. This is why the combination moves really are not going to be optimal for hypertrophy. Because with hypertrophy, you really do want to match the strength of the muscle that you're trying to work so that you can really push it hard. But let's go back to the squat to the shoulder press. So if I really want my glutes to grow, but I've chosen this squat to shoulder press, well, my My glutes aren't going to get enough tension to really build. Now, my shoulders may get enough, but this is the problem with trying to do two things at once. One thing usually suffers. And as a mom, frankly, I see that all the time. When I'm trying to do a million things at one time, my production on everything just really suffers. My productivity with everything just really declines. And it And one of the things that my kids hear the most often from me is, look, I can only do one thing at a time. 
Like, don't ask me to do a million things. I can only do one thing at a time. Because if I try to do a bunch of things at a time, it takes me way longer. And I feel like the same principle applies with hypertrophy and body recall. When we're trying to do these combination moves, it can take us way longer because we're just trying to, it's funny because we're trying to maximize our time and do more for less, but it ends up lengthening the amount of time. Or just we hit plateaus and we don't see the type of progress that we want to. There are different kinds of combo exercises though, and I want to talk about that. One, there are combination exercises that are just, they're just bad. They're just really bad. Um, one that I see often is, and this isn't, this doesn't have to do with the us pairing the strength of the muscle to the dumbbell. This has to do with it's just a bad move and somebody created it to be creative and fun, but it doesn't line the muscles up really well. So it does go back through the the prime we're not working the muscle through its primary function. So this one that I see all the time, it's like you're holding the dumbbells at the top of a bicep curl. And then you lift your arms and you kind of punch them out to the side like you're finishing and you turn your hands down like you're finishing the top of a lateral raise. And then you go back down to this pause just for a split second so it can't even be considered an isometric. You pause for a split second back at the top of a dumbbell curl and then you punch out to the side again at the top of a lateral raise. So let me explain why moves like these are just really suboptimal probably the poorest combination moves we could do. Well, are we, are we working the biceps through its primary function of elbow flexion, which means that up and down movement? No, we're not. We're not even doing that. And the pause at the top isn't even long enough to be considered a proper isometric, which isometrics are very limited on their ability to build muscle anyways. So I don't put them into programming very often because it's just, it's kind of not going to work towards hypertrophy very well. So really nothing's being, it's hard because people are like, oh, but I can feel it. My biceps are quote unquote being worked. Well, work does not equate to building muscle. Going to the gym and just moving around doesn't equate to building muscle. I think that's really important to understand. Just because you have a dumbbell in your hand, and you move it in every which way doesn't mean that you're going to build muscle where you want to. So it's not doing anything for the bicep. And then at the very top, when you do that punch out thing, you're not even really working the medial delt, that middle delt, through its primary function either, which is bringing the arm down to your side and then up in like a 30 degree. So it's not even fully doing that. And then on top of it, this is really hard to explain on a podcast. It's so much easier if you could visualize this. On top of it, the medial delts aren't even lined up very well until you get to that punch thing at the top. And then for a split second, the medial delts are lined up. But those are in their very shortened position, not very shortened, but in a shorter position. Not very, very much muscle is grown there. Usually what's going to grow the muscle is more of like that mid position, lengthened position. So it's going to be actually the lateral raise 
towards that lower mid position that's going to build it, not necessarily a one second punch at the top of the lateral raise. So there are combination exercises where they're just crap. They're just crappy. And that is one of them. For body recomp, for hypertrophy, that is just a crap selection. And it's hard as a trainer because we want to do things that are really fun to keep clients engaged. But there's this balance of how can we make it fun, but also choose exercises wisely so that people aren't just wasting their time, maybe having fun, but not seeing the results that they want to. And it's really even harder for people to distinguish what gets results and what doesn't when Instagram is really laden with a lot of accounts that do really well because people are kind of the genetic outliers. They look great. They have a great body. And so they'll show these movements that are kind of crazy and people are like, oh, that's the missing magic exercise that I haven't been doing and I'll incorporate that and then all of a sudden, bam, I'll see all these results. But the truth is that's not what gave that Instagram influencer the results they have. And maybe that influencer right now just wants to maintain. And so really any movement at the gym, they're just going to maintain the look that they already have. And it's not going to necessarily help you as an individual who wants to get this toned look or wants to build muscle. It's not going to give you those same results because it's a very poor exercise that doesn't, e- that, that doesn't even qualify for literally any of those three qualifiers that we talked about early on. So I understand this problem of we want to be creative and give people fun stuff, but we also can't lose our souls as a trainer and promote crap, okay? We, we need to keep our integrity with the knowledge that we have that there are just some combo moves that are really poor. So I would say those types of moves that don't even qualify for any of the three things that we listed They don't work it through its primary function. They don't cause to, there's not a lot of stability. And there's going to be a ton of secondary muscles going out before primaries even do. So those are just crap exercises, crap combos. And then you have these suboptimal combos where it's like, oh, maybe there's a bicep to a shoulder press. And that one is suboptimal where it's like, okay, they're getting a little stimulation. If they're a newbie, maybe they'll see some growth, but if intermediate advanced, they're not going to. So those should be thrown out for for people who are past their their newbie gains or the first year of lifting. Those should just be thrown out. But what about these other combos, which are upper body, lower body combos? For example, the squat to a shoulder press. Are is there just no place for those at all? Well, in hypertrophy work, there's not. But but, but, but there is some, there is a reason to use them for systemic work. If somebody is lifting at home and they have very limited equipment, I may choose a combo move if the goal is conditioning, systemic conditioning, if that is the goal. And there are times when even though the person's goal is body recomp, I may have some systemic work in there. 
For example, this Monday, a new fat loss program is dropping on the Lifting Lindsay app. I already talked about that for a second. The first six weeks is going to be strength metabolic. The last two is going to be metabolic but systemic. So week seven and eight, there is going to be some systemic training in there. We're going to be doing some conditioning work in there. So it's not that it's conditioning work is bad when somebody's goal is hypertrophy, but it's very limited. Notice how I'm only doing two weeks of it. There's not a lot of time that we're putting towards conditioning work because we don't want to spend all of our time there. It can be smart to go in there to conditioning work for a week or two and then move back to hypertrophy work. But remember, systemic is not hypertrophy. Systemic is conditioning. It's conditioning the system. So if somebody is going out cardiovascularly before locally their muscle that they're trying to do, trying to overload and really progress with squats is going out. If their if their heart rate is skyrocketing to the, or breathing is so hard that they can't even locally push their legs, that's a sign that that person should probably step away from hypertrophy just for a week or two and step into systemic work. So there is a very small place for systemic work. There's a very small place for this upper body, lower body combos. And it's usually when somebody only wants to do systemic and they are at home with very limited equipment. But if somebody is at the gym, I'm not going to do these combo moves because you can actually get more out of doing upper body, lower body supersets where we're still working the muscle through its primary function, where we're creating stability, and where we can also load the muscle appropriate to its strength. We can still use really great qualified hypertrophy exercises, but we just do a superset of upper body, lower body, and we can get that same systemic effect that's pretty intense. It's really fun. That right there, I hope, explains why I don't use combo moves, how the upper body, lower body can be good in some instances where people have limited equipment and they only care about conditioning work or systemic work. But otherwise, there are smarter, more optimal options that we would use doing upper body, lower body supersets to get the same type of work. In fact, we can get it done, I feel like, in a smarter, safer way than we can a lot of times with these these combo moves. So I really hope that helped clarify a bit more about combo exercises. For those of you who are doing your own training and writing your own training, this is really good information because you can really weed through, okay, what's quality, what's not? What's going to get me to my goals in a faster time frame versus just kind of wasting time in the gym? I don't know about you, but I don't have a lot of time to waste in the gym and I have goals. So I really want to hit my goals. And 
and muscle building in and of itself already takes long enough, I don't want to extend the time frame even longer with poor exercise selection. So there was one other question where somebody told me that, well, but choosing maybe these poor exercises has helped made my compound moves better because all these little muscles that I wouldn't have hit before, I'm now hitting and that's attributing to my compound exercises becoming better. I would argue that one big time. There's a lot of flaws in that, in that thought process. I've never seen poor quality or low quality work optimize a more optimal exercise. So I would actually look at the entire programming there and be like, mm, there's, there's probably a lot more we could do better. But also hitting, if, if let's say somebody does think that, well, maybe a stabilizer muscle is weak and that's, and so I need to bring that up to help with this other main muscle during a compound move. Okay, I can get on board with that one. But then we train the stabilizer the same exact way we would train anything else. Let's say it's the hamstring. We're going to train the hamstring to make it stronger. We're going to train it through its primary function in a stable environment where we can get a lot of output. That would be a seated leg curl. That would be awesome. Or the lying leg curl. So uh, we're working it through its, its primary function. We are getting it into a stable environment, which is going to increase output. So if that is the weaker of the muscles that are that is somehow impeding a larger lift, then that's how we would do it. We wouldn't pick a suboptimal exercise pattern. I like that this person is thinking though. That's that's and trying to kind of think outside the box of what could be the thing that's holding back this compound move. I think that that's great. But there are still wise ways to do it. So I've never seen a low-quality exercise optimize a more optimal exercise. I just, I haven't. So hopefully this has helped clarify a few things with the combo exercises. And now you guys can make really wise decisions when you go into the gym about exercise selection so that you can get the biggest bang for your buck. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Lifting Lindsay podcast. I really hope that this has been beneficial and that you have learned something new and that you can now optimize your training a little bit more. If you have any questions, send me a DM on Instagram at LiftingLindsay. You can always check out my website, LiftingLindsay.com, to sign up for my optimized training programs, as well as check out my waitlist for my personal coaching.